welcome to the Backing Paper Podcast. I nearly forgot <laughs> which podcast this was for a second there, but it's definitely Backing Paper because uh, it's Sunday, I know. I looked at my digital watch, which I don't know, and it said Sunday, which is useless because it doesn't actually tell the time. It's just got a sticker on saying Sunday. Um, Rachel's here with me. <laughs> She's about as brain fried as I am, so buckle up, listeners. It's going to be fun, isn't it, Rach? How are you? Oh, I'm... <laughs> Oh gosh, that uh, I'm so sorry. I've I've just had the giggles, proper fit of the giggles from being overtired and and uh, lots of travelling. There's been lots of travelling, lots of work. Shoot, I don't know what day it is, where I am. It's Sunday. <laughs> I checked my digital watch. Oh, it said Sunday. That's true. The sticker on yeah. on your watch or whatever. Um, yeah, it's very weird because today I'm actually um, um, coming to you from um, my uh, my childhood bedroom in the Midlands, actually, because I'm halfway between travelling down the country and back up the country from various different workshops and jobs and shoots and weddings and all sorts of things that I've been doing over the last last few days. And so I don't, unfortunately, you'll probably be able to tell, have my microphone um, or my normal sort of setup at all. It's um, simply my phone that I'm holding near my face and um, some uh, sort of little little headphones. So apologies for the quality um, of the audio uh, today. I mean, not the content, because obviously I apologise for that all the time. <laughs> it's <been a> solid <laughs> gold rage, same yeah. as usual. Um, but yes, in in terms of the uh, audio quality, apologies for that, If and especially if I disappear out or what have you as well. <laughs> connection's not brilliant. I'm trying to, yeah, work with various, various sort of, issues um here as well with that but anyway i'm here and uh we've started the show so that's a good start and you're recording aren't you yeah i am recording <laughs> yeah i certainly am as you said it's always a good start to start the show and i think it was only your third attempt we made it so yeah, going very well so far so yeah you've had a busy weekend haven't you rage because you were down shooting your wedding yesterday that's right it was loads of fun it was it was very windy um there's been all sorts of interesting chaos with power outages and train travel being cancelled and all sorts of stuff but I did make it we got there I shot the wedding the couple were the sweetest loveliest couple um and uh yeah had loads of fun it was uh, really nice and can't grumble when the groom gives you a whole load of handmade fudge that oh he made God. himself for the wedding best groom was- ever right i know um and uh yeah the most amazing raspberry sorbet that i had at the end of the meal so uh, so that's all good too. all these perks good. you know of the job which is great so uh, and we we had some beautiful sun in spite of the um the crazy um wind and and stormy weather and what have you we did have also some beautiful sunbeams at the end of the day to make up for it so yeah it was lovely um i really thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, i'm just aching all over today um from that i'm finding it difficult walking up and down the stairs because <laughs> my thighs are hurting a lot <laughs> uh, and uh yeah just just pretty shattered to be honest but um but good in a, in a good way it's been lovely to do it's a great job to have so that's awesome 
Um, how about you, Graham? How have you been? I've been very well, thank you, Rach. Um, it's uh, not been a terribly exciting week, just work, but um, I'm starting to get myself organised, um, <laughs> arguably rather belatedly, for my self-portrait. But I've been trying to get organised for weeks now, but I finally found <laughs> something I was looking for for ages. So I was just telling you before we started recording, I found my super long um, bulb release cable. Now, you might think you've got a long bulb release cable. Maybe you've got one that's like a metre long or something. I've got one that's genuinely about i haven't measured it but i, I guess about seven meters long it's Thank really you. really long um <laughs> so that's good you know i did find an old one actually but it's on like a, a reel yeah thing. yeah is that like yours yeah oh, amazing um i don't think mine actually works that's why i asked i was like oh does yours work because obviously it's been wound up for so long um that i think it's maybe got a few kinks and things in it and it just means that it's not been the best but it's on like a kind of um plastic reel that's yeah. cool well the good ah. thing is right with these things that um if they have got kinks the chances are the kinks are this is a pro tip for anybody who has got or wants really wants to get hold of a five foot bulb release cable so it's a niche audience we're aiming at right now um mm -hmm. Because it is just this thin tube with a bulb, an air bulb at one end and the plunger thing at the other end, is that if you've got kinks, you can kind of cut bits off and then push it on. So if the kinks are near the end where they're likely to be, because that's what I did. I had a kink at the end. And also I'm looking at mine because it, it's a sort of, it takes a bit of a hoof to get through and it doesn't always work. So I'm thinking I might shorten it slightly, but as, as long as you've got the connector bits, you could probably even get more tubing to replace that you know if you look at um aquarium supplies or something like that you can probably get more tubing so um, Ooh, yeah there you go for all those times That's... where you need yeah, <laughs> yeah five absolutely. meter extension um <laughs> i wasn't using that this weekend but you know just in case yeah, exactly. In case you're ever out there trying to sort of um, stealthily take pictures of bigfoot or something, that's probably an occasion where you'd need it. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, other than that, uh, I I I bought some cameras this weekend, which is something I actually. <laughs> oh yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, so <laughs> I very rarely do this these days um, because I don't I don't need. <laughs> Shut <Sorry>. it, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't that actually. Was Sinead. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is her fault, technically. Um, oh. I don't need any cameras. I need new cameras like I need a hole in the head. Cameras or the lack thereof are not the problem with my photography at all. The problem is being better at using them and having the time to do so. So I don't need or indeed want any other cameras. Although if anybody's got any cool cameras they want to give me, that's fine. Um, but Sinead, ironically, who constantly complains about the number of cameras I have, said to me, Oh, there's a guy selling some cameras on Facebook uh, locally. Um, I never look at Facebook. Uh, and so she sort of waved this picture vaguely in front of my face. And I said, oh, it looks like a box camera. No, I, I don't need any box cameras. And then I looked a bit closer and realised that it was a pair of Ensign Full Views, um, which is a camera very dear to your heart, isn't it, Rach? It is. It's actually the logo for my business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'd, I might be doing a little rebrand at some point uh, soon because this was just a little hand drawing that I did, gosh, year, literally years ago now, um, of the Ensign Full View, just because I thought it's such a lovely looking box camera. It's It's got something really um, cute about it, just a bit more stylish than simply being a box, if mm -hmm. you like. Um, and I've always really loved how clear the um, the viewfinder is on it as well. It's just yeah. this huge viewfinder, which is brilliant. It's also really useful 
um, as a way of demonstrating top-down view for mm-hmm. kids or, you know, like showing people how, how that whole sort of like idea works. Um, I found that really useful. So it tends to always come with me. Um, I have, I have two, they tend to always come with me, one of them in my, um, my little uh, bag of tricks, whenever I go, you know, set up a stall or do a workshop or whatever, um, as a way of demonstrating um, how, you know, vintage cameras would have worked, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I have, I have shot with both of them. However, I have not processed the <laughs> film. So, um, and how many years ago would you say is since you shot with them, Rach? Five. <laughs> you are probably worse than me. Bear that yeah. in mind. Worse than me. We're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, Get it's it. one of those ones where I was like, no, I know, I know, I know. It, it unfortunately, um, it was in a box and there was a bit of a flood, and it got um, the backing paper got a little bit wrinkly so i I, it's one of those where i was like "Hmm, is it worth me processing probably not (laughs) always don't make excuses Um, no okay don't make excuses that it's been flooded and ripped and oh god knows what's happened to it anyway so it was one of those it just ended up sitting sitting in a box and i was like uh, do I want to waste chemicals on something that's not going to yeah, have thing on it? <laughs> to be fair, black and white chemicals are so expensive. I can understand oh, that. Just get it developed. Don't want any more excuses. By oh, next right. week, you've been told. Anyway, <laughs> okay. getting getting back getting back to these four views because um, so they're I said lovely. okay, yes. they're lovely. So you have them. I have them. But the cool thing was going to collect them. So. Uh, the, the chap who said no on Facebook, I said, I'm not seeing this, but he was also sticking a load of other stuff up on there as well. A, a fairly random selection of kind of odds and sods cameras, stuff like the, the that Kodak um, instant camera and, you know, bits and pieces like that. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need any more of that. So I called round and you kind of, you have ideas about who you're likely to be buying from. I thought, well, either this is somebody older who's clearing out stuff or maybe it's somebody... You know, our age who maybe has inherited some stuff or something like that so i ring the doorbell and a young chap opens the door and i said oh yeah i'm here to collect this great he's a very nice chap and i asked oh is this some stuff you've inherited or you know, what's how come you've got this stuff he said oh no i i love these cameras i bought loads of them and i'm just getting rid of some of this stuff um this young man a guy called rory dunn uh he's 19 years old and it was fantastic to speak to somebody who is as enthusiastic about film photography as anyone i have ever met just buzzing Ah, with it that's so cool yeah it was great um he was telling me all about he'd recently been to uh, the truck festival which is a local music festival um with his i think it was with his om10 and his um, roly 35 and just having great fun learning and experimenting and taking pictures and um uh, yeah, and just completely bitten by the bug of film. I think he he picked up the role, he kind of to give it a go, having not really shot film before in any significant way, and um, just fell in love with it. And it's mm-hmm. and and he's falling down that dark dark hole that we all <laughs> know so well. And um, and the, the funny thing was that uh, um, he said, "Oh yeah, I'm really lucky because." Um, a friend of my dad's uh, gave me a load of film because um, he, he works for Kodak, Kodak Alaris. I'm like, huh, hmm. what's uh, what's that guy's name then? You know, just making polite conversation. He went, oh, it's Andy. I went, 
Oh my God, is this Andy Church? <laughs> Basically, he's kind of like a corner street joke dealer. He's out giving out film to the kids, going, look, here's your first taste. This one's for free, you know, give it to share with your friends. You can't say about Andy. <laughs> God. Um, so, so that was lovely anyway. And um, yeah, Rory was a really nice chap. And I'm going to give you his, actually, I'll give his Instagram account a shout because I think it's great to know what young people are doing um, with their work. And so he's um, Rory's underscore photos. That's R-O-R-Y-S underscore photos um yeah just a nice super enthusiastic young chap taking nice pictures good pictures and i uh, enjoying the process and enjoying the process he was talking about the fact he just picked up a, a developing tank um that's he's gonna be cracking on with that soon have it doing his own home developing and just like i said just a boundless enthusiasm for it in a way that was just completely infectious so that's really awesome yeah that was um oh. Yeah. Did you um, take round some Sunny Sixteen stickers? Well, no, because I, I, like I said, I didn't until I opened the door. But I did say to him, um, well, you know, if you want to check out the Sunny Sixteen podcast, and I did actually send him, I sent him a link um, to, to the episode. I said, oh, here's a link to the episode where um, Andy uh, announced they got the Chromium One Twenty and got in lots of trouble for it later because I thought that that was the most appropriate one to share. Uh, all good fun. Anyway, that's enough of our shenanigans. We've got some great emails to get through, Rachel, Yay! this week, haven't we? Excellent. We do, we do. Um, we probably should do that before my dad's Wi-Fi <laughs> shuts down. Oh, oh, yeah, or, or just one of us two shuts down. Or one of us shuts down, do you absolutely. Want it's to... probably more likely. <laughs> do you want to take this first one, Rachel, from our good friend Graham Young from the Homemade Camera Podcast? Yes. He says, um, am I re- supposed to read the top line as well? You can read whatever you like, oh. right? Uh, back in paper, hashtag. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, says, the homemade camera zine is up and ready to be freely downloaded. Free, my favourite yeah. words. How exciting. Uh, he says, dear Rachel and Aid, uh, in brackets, and I suppose Graham, <laughs> the homemade camera podcast listeners have come through with a metric ton of fabulous designs, crazy thinking, and suspect engineering. And have contributed it all to our first zine, the 2019 homemade camera zine. It is now available for free download, free download at homemadecamera.com forward slash the hyphen zine. Contributors as varied as Corey Cannon from the Lensless podcast and Neil Piper of the Soot Whitewash podcast to Santella Lynch and Lucas Landers, who are not currently on any regular sized, <laughs> regular size, regular scheduled podcast. Um, it would have featured the Jalubital from Graham Jager of some unnamed podcast, but uncharacteristically, he didn't get his ducks in a row to get it in there. He will surely be sorry about that. Anyway, one and all, head over to homemadecamera.com, the hyphen zine, and download your copy. We will be taking pre-orders on a print version soon. Graham, Nick and Ethan of the Handmade Homemade <laughs> Handmade, homemade of the homemade camera podcast. Very sorry, guys. The homemade camera podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful news. It, How cool is that? That there's a zine. It's really. Where cool. are your ducks? Uh, <laughs> uh, I suck. What can I say? Um, I to be honest, I'm quite glad on this occasion because as soon as I got Graham's email through, I went straight to homemadecamera.com forward slash the hyphen zine slash um and downloaded my copy of this and it's fantastic it's really nicely done there is an amazing cross-section of homemade cameras in there from real kind of frankenstein taped together stuff to incredibly beautifully built stuff um 
and the nice thing is that along with all the pictures of the cameras and pictures of the pe pictures that people have taken with these cameras there's a lot of information about them that people have supplied as well about why they built them and how they've worked and all that it's it's great i mean like you can get the digital version for free why would you not do this um so please do go and check that out it's really good and hats off to everybody who did send in their work to it and my, my jalubatel would have just looked like a sad hunchback <laughs> ugly <laughs> child um over there so um I oh, feel... it doesn't matter and 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 you know what it's not about the looks right it's about what happens on the inside and i have to say you you got some really lovely portrait shots out of that I really, really genuinely liked what you managed to shoot with that. So you do yourself down. Um, it would have sat very nicely alongside it. I think it was just your ducks were missing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm very bad. Um, anybody who ever tries to, uh, uh, and there are, there are definitely people listening to this going, yeah, you're right, Graham, you haven't replied to our emails yet. Um, <laughs> I am really bad and it's not because of not wanting to it's just because um, I'm terribly disorganized and bad with my time um, it is only by an absolute last minute Hail Mary I don't know something like two months later than it should have been that we actually got um, our entry submitted to the negative positives um, double exposure challenge um, which was judged I think a couple of weeks ago uh, by oh, was it? <laughs> um, yeah uh, I haven't because I was away on holiday and I'm behind on my podcast I haven't listened to that episode yet um, partly because of being behind on the podcasts um, and also partly because I heard that M um, the winner that M decided on was somebody who was from a podcast he has yet to be on which really narrows down the field and certainly does not include us so um <laughs> uh, em is a terrible judge of all things so i, I shouldn't but I, I will listen and be outraged at some point later to that um Excellent. also i just whilst we're still on the subject of the homemade camera podcast um as it mentions in the uh sign off there um ethan has now joined Graham and Nick on the Homemade Camera Podcast. That's Ethan Moses of Camera Dactyl and Butter Grips and stuff like that. He is now a regular co-host over there with Nick and Graham, which is great. Um, that uh, is. I, do you know, I, I read Ethan and I thought, I wonder if that is Ethan Moses, actually. So that's cool. Good to know. Yeah, exactly. They felt they needed a third, as did we. We went with a glamour and brains and beauty. They went with Ethan. Um, but each to their own, you know. We... <laughs> I feel we did better out that deal than they did, but uh, anyway. Um, I missed what? Sorry, the connection's gone bad. Don't worry Sorry, about it, Rach. You I'm can here. listen back later. You can listen back later and you'll love it. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, will <laughs> That's take, a worry. I will take this next email, which is from Ian Turpin. Ian writes in to say, I haven't finished backing paper number 37 yet, but wanted to write in whilst this is still in my head. Re Roly 400 IR. Now we had a call, Ooh, yeah. didn't we? Um, from uh, now, gosh, who was it wrote in this about Roly last week? My... Um, quickly checking back through. Okay, the so Rachel, because I bought head like um, several sips. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, it was. Um, Ben from Hip Shoot Film. There you go, Ben from uh, Hips Hoot Film. Um, <laughs> that uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, infrared. Yes. Um, so Ian writes in, he says, I've done quite a bit of messing around with this film and wrote an article here, and I will in include the uh, link to the article in the show notes, um, which covers the reciprocity, uh, but also its use with a 720 nanometer filter. Like Graham said, the mate. I love any sentence that starts with "like Graham said." <laughs> I'm get that printed. <laughs> like Graham said, the major factor is likely to be available IR light. 
If I could, I'd carry a digital camera with me to meet at the scene with the same filter at the time so that my exposures would be correct and translatable into film. Just need to add a stop or two for reciprocity. Not being able to see in infrared makes metering hard. It's like trying to use the sunny 16 rule with a blindfold. Um, four out of 36 sounds pretty good to me. Yay! Oh, there you go. <laughs> well um, done, Ben. <laughs> shooting the IR400 with a Rattan 25, which is the red filter, can give you better or more consistent results. You do need an almost Californian blue sky, though, to get those dark IR skies, and the effect is much less pronounced. The bonus is that it's usually only about three stops off, so that 400 film becomes 100 with the filter, which is much more amenable to hand-holding. Um, that's great advice, actually, because I think there's there's always that immediate temptation with uh, IR, IR or like the SFX film to think, okay, I need to use this super IR filter to get the most dramatic results. But especially when you're trying it out, going with a, just a good strong red filter, you're going to get good results, not as as dramatic, but definitely seems like an easier first step. So um, great tip. Finally, Lomig Peritin, definitely saying that name wrong, um, who you need to get on your show, I have tried, has two amazing films in his film washi shop. Washi F is fluorographic x-ray film and gives a very similar look to the old Kodak HIE. He also has Washi Z, which is made from zombie skin. Oh, no, wait, hang on. Which is another 400 speed <laughs> near infrared film that works really nicely with just the red filter. I have no affiliation with him or his film, but I heard him on the Photo Geeks podcast a while ago and he sounds like a really nice chap. Um, yes, I, I've heard that Lomig is a very nice chap and we have tried to get him on, but I think he's as good at emails as I am. So <laughs> we'll keep trying. <laughs> Ah, could be a long wait. <laughs> yes. Question for the next backing paper. How do you set up a community darkroom? We have a couple of buildings in our village that would be useful to appropriate for this, but I have no idea where to begin. Do you need a group of people? How many do you need permission to dispose of chemistry? I'm not expecting answers to all of this on the show, which is lucky, but it would be good to know if there's someone I can contact that has done this so that I can understand what's involved. I keep walking past this abandoned and boarded up local building every day and thinking about what a great community darkroom it would make. However, whenever I think about approaching the owners, I realise I have no answers to the questions they would likely ask. All the best from Ian. Um... So vis-a-vis -vis community darkroom, mm -hmm. um, you are actually in the process of working with somebody to sort of get one set up, aren't you, Rach? Yes, that's right. At the moment, um, uh, yeah, I'm literally in the middle of uh, helping Dot Art uh, get a darkroom set up in Liverpool. Um, they Dot Art are the artist um, agency um, who I've done various commissions and work for in the past and they happen to um, be um, uh, offered um, sale of quite a lot of old darkroom kit so said yes we'd love to do that and see if it's something that we can uh, set up as a as a space somewhere in the center of town and and have it as a facility that people can hire and book and and potentially come along and do little introduction for those who haven't yet printed or used art room introduction to workshops with somebody like myself 
so I'm in the middle of helping them do that at the moment um one of the big things that I'd um specified at the beginning and which there was a slight miscommunication over was ventilation um because I'd said make sure that there is a make sure there's a fan we need you know ventilation and they took that as make sure there's like a <laughs> like a fan a normal fan <laughs> as opposed to a ventilating fan um it's one of those ones where obviously I understood what I meant they understood what they thought and the two were very different um so I just want to make sure that that's something that you would need to work out um getting installed um obviously having electricity access to uh, water in some way shape or form um or other things to consider um making sure that you've got the appropriate um like ppe as well just so that people have got the option for um gloves and goggles and all of those kinds of things so from a health and safety perspective knowing that that's covered you'd need to do your kosh kind of like um uh sort of overview uh survey on that as well um and I would imagine in terms of disposing of chemistry, speak to the local council and find out what's going to be best for that as well. Um, because obviously different different local authorities deal with these things in different ways. So those are things I would suggest um, as a sort of starting point um, and making sure that it's a place that you can actually make light tight. I know that sounds ridiculous, but sometimes you'll find that even places like the one where we're setting up, which is in a basement, um uh, with no windows there's still light coming in <laughs> to various little parts of it so uh you know all these other things to consider and think about um but yeah absolutely you don't really need very much um apart from apart from all these things i've just listed <laughs> <laughs> and then all um, the gear and then you know and the kit but the thing is with a with a community dark room because obviously this is one that's being set up as a more of a, a commercial um uh, sort of like side of things if you like I suppose from dot arts perspective and they've just asked me to come along and sort of as a almost like a consultant or to try and help um, get that set up but if you're doing it as a community dark room I think there's um, much more sort of like scope for asking people to you know bring in their own bits of kit and their own bits of uh, you know sort of developing tanks or you know whatever um, uh, they wouldn't necessarily expect all things to be provided so you've got more scope with that and um there's lots of uh, fantastic resources out there you know in terms of like emulsive i know that they've they've um uh, published quite a few articles on you know my um uh, sort of like basic darkroom setup um obviously we've had our fantastic listeners have um sent in some audio for us uh, talking about them setting up their dark rooms, they'd be worth listening back to, wouldn't they? Previous mm-hmm. episodes, yeah, from. absolutely. Um, and uh, Simon Forster, I know, is in the middle of working basically with a community dark room, or in the middle of setting up or creating that uh, possibility as well. Um, do yeah. you know more about what Simon's doing with that at the moment, Graham? Yeah. So I had a chat to Simon just the other day and I brought this up with him because for once the mm-hmm. thing was in my head. And one of the things, so if what Rachel's just said, Ian, has maybe filled you with like, oh my God, there's so much stuff. One oh, of the sorry. Things, I didn't mean no, it No, 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 no. It's great. No, it's fantastic, Rachel. It was, it was, it was exactly what he asked. But what I was going to say is, because I think and I spoke to Simon and um, and everything that Rachel said is 100% right. If that sounds like it might be more than you want to look into and take on, 
the route that Simon and his friends have gone down is that it's not a community darkroom. They're basically, they have a little group or a club that goes there together and does stuff there. Um, so it it makes a lot of things a bit easier because you're essentially, you, the things of, of all the liability and stuff like that, because you're going there as a, as a little group, you don't have to have somebody there all the time. I think starting up a community darkroom is quite a commitment I think um, in, in terms of what you have to do as Rachel was just saying um, so I think that's why Simon looked into going down that route and then they went okay maybe we do it this way instead and they now have a regular group that meets up there um, and does their fun darkroom stuff um, but it's not open all the time um, you can't just arrange to go there if you're not part of the group you, know, you go there on the nights and that's the way that works which maybe might be an easier first step um but um simon did say if you want to reach out to him he's at simon4 on twitter and i think simon forced photographic isn't he rachel on instagram rachel's gone again um let's assume that he is that Simon Forster photographic on Instagram and he will be more than happy to uh, offer any advice that he's gleaned so far um, from his time getting that com uh, club darkroom thing set up. Um, uh, should we move on to the next email, Rach? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, the next one is from Ronnie Brandon, who says, Hi, folks. Thanks so much for your insightful diagnosis of my digital negative cyanotype problems, especially to you, Rachel, for your kind offer. Turns out Graham's suggestion of UV-resistant acetate was spot on. Oh, Woo! amazing. Woo! <laughs> amazing. Excellent. Utterly believable and predictable, obviously. Well, yeah, sure. I didn't mean it like that. Um, he said, I hadn't even considered that as a possibility. Well, <laughs> as you will have heard from uh, our conversation last week, neither had I. I'd not even thought about that. Um uh, he says, I hadn't even considered it as a possibility, but my brother is a commercial sign maker, so I figured he might know. He's just confirmed that any acetate a commercial printer is using will almost certainly have a UV stabiliser in it to stop the sunlight affecting whatever has been printed onto it. <sighs> Pretty useless for making UV-dependent cyanotypes, then. I'm off to hunt for some clear film-like material that doesn't block UV light. I'll keep you posted. Ta very much. Love and peace from Ronnie. Ah, oh, well done, Graham. Well, I'm most impressed. And uh, yeah, when you suggested it, I was like, Do you know, that does totally make sense. Um, as as we talked about, uh, there is often um, UV film that's put onto windows and things for certain buildings mm. or homes or whatever to to block UV light. But I hadn't really thought about it as being impregnated into the acetate itself. Um, because obviously I I tend to print my own at home rather than go to the commercial printer to uh, create those. So, uh, yeah, well done. It sounds like you have solved the problem. Well, maybe. But we've also got another follow-up on this. Uh, oh, from, have we? We have from Chris Mina, who writes in, okay. Hi, Rachel and other. I'm noticing a bit of a theme here, <laughs> Rachel. You. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hi to you too, Graham. <laughs> Um, I just paused the latest episode of Backing Paper to type this in regarding Ronnie's cyanotypes. He said, I like Graham's suggestion of trying the paper by itself and without an image to see how the cyanotype clears. I think there's something to be explored there. That said, I'd like to add something to that. Try the same sheet of acetate with a strip of electrical tape over it or with some black paint. My hunch is that if the acetate isn't blocking UV, then it could be a print toner issue. 
Check your mm. negative against the light source or light table and see how much light uh, see how much light the negative is actually blocking. Um, my comment is not coming from cyanotype experience, but from my design background. I've had to print one too many transparencies before <laughs> and have noticed that different printers allow for very different results. Cheers from New York City from Chris. So another angle that's definitely worth exploring there. Mm, two very good suggestions. And uh, yeah, let's let's solve that mystery. Oh, isn't this cool? It's like a community detective club. <laughs> Ex- oh, man. Yeah, never mind community dark. Let's make a community detective club. The only problem <laughs> is we might need to murder some people. <laughs> so we've got something to detect. Oh, lovely. <laughs> let's let's stick with uh, investigating photographic processes for now. Oh, fine. I know, um, I know. So boring. Uh, <sighs> do, you, do you want to take this next one from Joe Fairty, Rach? Sure. Joe's written in to say, your latest backing paper made me smile with your complaining about the heat. So I looked up the temperatures in Liverpool and the high was 88. <laughs> I would pray for a high of 88 in Phoenix. Um, oh, sorry, I Pray, oh, sorry, hang on. 88 in Phoenix. We broke a record at 115. Our lows are 88. 115. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's just crazy. Um, so he says, please, I love the show too much. Don't come to Phoenix in the summer. You will die and the show will be over and we can't have that. Keep up the good work from Joe. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm definitely not going to Arizona, uh, Joe. That would be insane and yeah our world is literally melting um so yeah scary stuff all around there that's Uh, sticking your head in an oven yeah the i mean i don't know if this is the case across all of arizona and presumably not um the thing that we don't really tend to have in the uk is any air conditioning Mm. that doesn't exist so there's kind of no escape from that heat you're just in that heat you can't go somewhere else to be away from that heat (laughs) um so i appreciate the fact that obviously 88 is very different from 115 um it is useful if there are things like pools around or aircon or any of those other things that do help but yes that is just crazy phew yeah that's right um it has luckily cooled down a bit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely throwing down when I stepped into the recording room this evening. So, you know, oh, yes. life has returned to British normal. Um, we have got one last email, which I will read from Christian Strauff, titled Great Last Episode. Hi, Sunbeams. Sorry for, for potentially cluttering your backing paper show, but I just finished listening to this week's episode and I must congratulate Rachel for the fantastic show. All four women in that show were brilliant. I have a suggestion for you, Rachel. What about putting your dialogue with Steph into a zine? You could add (laughs) some images to underline what you're saying. I found your conversation really useful and inspiring, and it would be fantastic to have it in print or as an article on one of the analogue photography platforms. Also, Rose is such a brilliant historian. The information she gave us listeners was interesting and insightful. And I also like the part in which Hillary and Rachel approach the daunting process of self-portraiture. It, like the rest of the episode, was very honest, deep, but still delightful. Thank you all for being so open. Also, I'll find some white electrical tape to put onto my camera. What a (laughs) fantastic idea. As always, keep up the good work. Cheers, Christian. That's very nice, isn't it, Rach? 
That's so lovely. Thank you so much, Christian, for writing in um, with that. It's much appreciated. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a very scary thing to do. It was way out of my comfort zone, but also I know it was out of the comfort zone for everybody that I spoke to as well. So uh, we kind of all all approached that together, feeling a bit apprehensive and a bit nervous about it. But there has been some very lovely, supportive um, feedback and uh, your letter alongside those other messages have been really welcomed and uh, yeah much appreciated thank you so much we're just glad um, that people have enjoyed it and perhaps found some something of interest in there to listen to uh, so yeah that's awesome um, as far as making a zine from the dialogue rate oh it's a wonderful idea if if I had all the time in the world, I would I would do that because that is a really lovely idea. And and I know how much I enjoy looking at the zines that people are creating and things as well. Uh, just yeah, I'm just um, not sure when. Yeah, and and I know that seems like it's such a it's such a catch-all kind of like response. And I don't mean it to be that. And I'm not being flippant about it. I'm just trying to work out when i could do that because i'd want to do it justice as well i think yeah well maybe what we could do um when we <laughs> again when we can find time what we can try and do before the end of this run on the assignment is put something together at least with images and stuff like that um mm -hmm. to go on the website so we, this is the thing we will do um i'm not saying sure. we get done this week but we will do that for, for your episode and for aid's episode which hopefully is coming this week and for my episode which hopefully mm -hmm. is coming like in that. two weeks <laughs> yeah, see, um, <laughs> yeah, my domain and somehow I'm the one that's doing worst at it. Um, but and um, so yes, we will we will have something up on there. But um, actually, getting all of the dialogue from the audio into the written word um, that might not happen anytime soon. Although I, I do love the idea and the what um, Steph had to say with you know with regards to inspiring people you know in what in how they could approach it was hugely mm -hmm. useful so um i think if you can maybe just get bits of that on there i think that would be great um but yeah i hope everybody listened i think rachel you were very brave taking the first step out there and doing that because <laughs> you know this was the self-portrait assignment and so as part of that having to do the show yourself is it's it was all kind of yes. oh yeah this makes sense this is <laughs> it was all very scary <laughs> it was like um theme that i don't want to do tick um <laughs> uh, record podcast on my own that i don't want to do tick um self-portrait tick oh my gosh it was all of these outside of comfort zone areas for for me but um but li literally like if i if i can do it you know What's the worst that can happen, right? Yeah. Well, you were fantastic, and Hillary was fantastic, and Rose and Steph Absolutely. were also wonderful. Um, we have Hillary has supplied us with some audio based on her feedback, um, sort of a, a follow up on this. So we're going to save that until we do a general follow up show. So once mm -hmm. we've been through all our episodes, we're going to put that in. Um, because we would also, as we've already mentioned, and as Rach mentioned in her episode, we would love you guys to have a go at making your self-portraits too and then we would love to see these self-portraits and we would also love to hear from you about the experience you've had in making your self-portraits um much as we did with the um one hour challenge um the you know get get out there have a go at doing it and send us you know, a five minute 
piece about your feelings and then we will collect this all together because we love hearing what you do and um and i think self-portraiture is a uh, uh, whilst it might not be comfortable for everybody i think once you get into it you can have quite a lot of fun with it so yeah i hope people do explore that um awesome stuff yeah. a collected we- community themed show that'd be brilliant yes exactly exactly uh that wraps up the emails for this week wonderful work everybody as always bringing the thunder with the emails we actually had thunder earlier um but that did not come <laughs> via email that came via i don't know thor i guess <laughs> <laughs> he's the thunder guy right um which leads us on wonderfully into everybody's favorite part of the show which is the coffee donations from our wonderful coffee supporters who we love so so much and which oh, rachel do. loves doing so so much <laughs> um okay so are we ready hang on a second let's let me gra- grab the researchers and notes elves. Uh, you know, our researchers' writing is getting worse and worse. I think they're drinking before they do the research. Actually, that would explain quite a lot. Um, I can't even blame the heat this week. Okay, yeah. let's go for it, Rach. Okay, here we go with our coffee donations. We have Jaya Bhatt. Uh, Jaya's drive to take photos first developed when he heard of the idea that cameras steal people's souls. Ever since then, he's been on a lifelong mission to build a huge collection of stolen souls in the event that he may one day need to make a deal with the devil or to fuel some sort of soul-powered vehicle once fossil fuels are all gone. Slava cover. <laughs> just, just got nothing to say, have you, Rach? Slava uh, uh, <laughs> holds the Guinness World Record for most octogenarians... <laughs> well, that's a long word. Most yep. <laughs> octogenarians beaten consecutively in an arm wrestling contest. Uh, he, <laughs> he got to uh, 27 before Doreen Smedic, aged 86, uh, bested him. Bill Fu. Uh, Bill is aiming to make the ultimate in homemade cameras starting with growing his own wood. He estimates he'll be able to start construction in about 25 to 30 years if the acorn he's planted really gets a move on. Chris Mina. Chris Mina harbours dreams of one day travelling to the dark side of the moon, where he's convinced he'll find an entire city built out of those little circles of paper you get when you use a hole punch. (laughs) Oh, they're called... Oh crap! What are they called? <laughs> I know. I knew what they were called. Dickert. Dickert. Don't you swear at me? No, Hank. <laughs> oh, that's going to drive me crazy. I'll have to check. I think they're called Dickerts. They used them. <laughs> Dickert. That's a, that's near where I live. Yeah. No, maybe it's not that. But oh man, that's really annoying. But they used them as confetti at, the royal we- at one of the royal weddings or something. Anyway, um, random fact. <laughs> random An fact. actual true fact. What are you trying to say? Where do we get to? Fraser Yule. Fraser Yule. Fraser. Sorry, Fraser. Uh, Fraser has many motorbikes. The reason for this is that he's legally classified as a giant, um, owing to some form he filled in incorrectly. And and so it's legally allowable for him to have a bike for each leg uh, when he rides. Uh, And he he likes to match (laughs) these bikes with his shoes, hence having to have so many of them. (laughs) Love it. That's so good. We have Harry Thackeray. 
uh, Harry Thackeray once made a scale model of Sydney Opera House in his back garden entirely out of beef. Unfortunately, before he could get any photographic evidence of his work of art, a mob of hungry pooches escaped from the nearby puppy school, attracted by the delicious scent, and devoured his work of art. <laughs> oh no. Sorry, my computer stopped. Ed Worthington. Uh, thank goodness your computer came back on, Rach, because you'd hated to not learn that Ed Worthington likes to dance naked in the rain, believing that it will bring him life, energy and growth, just as it does for his prize onions. Uh, his neighbours have complained to the police repeatedly. I had some homegrown tomatoes today, actually. So, did uh, you? Excellent work, Ed. Yeah, did well you done, my dad. Did you dance naked in the rain today? I did not. Not today. <laughs> Although it did chuck it down yesterday. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Uh, Christoph. Christoph's uh, great grandfather spent thousands of pounds trying to breed a banana that could be used as a boomerang, hoping to promote the idea of kids getting outside for some healthy play and exercise and then having a nice potassium rich snack straight away afterwards. Think yeah, about fantastic. It. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. And I have, in whilst we've been doing that, also double-checked, and according to the Urban Dictionary, it is called a didcot. There we go. There you go. I was, I was right. The word didcot is the name given to the small round circle rejects made by hole punchers. If you've learned nothing else this week, listeners, and that's highly likely you've learned that. Um, <laughs> thank you so much to all of our coffee donors. You are fabulous, and we love you, and this is how we thank you by inflicting this nonsense on you every week uh, because you're worth it. That's a great side of that line. Done. <laughs> well, shall we wrap this up, Rach? Um, you mentioned already we're hoping to have this week AIDS first. Um, AIDS is back from his holidays. In fact, we saw a message from him just before we started recording. He's back from his holes. So hopefully we will have his self-portrait show this week, which I'm very excited about. Um, and is there anything else we need to remember, Rach? I think that's all our news for this week. So uh, thanks very much, everybody. And you can find us on sunny16podcast.com. Exactly. And we will play you out, as always, with uh, remortgaging, remortgaging the nest of hairs <laughs> by the by wonderful Van Schnauzer. Um, <laughs> and until then... Have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everyone. Three, two, one. <laughs> Brilliant. That was me summoning up the energy. I was doing my, you know, eyes closed, deep breath in. Let's get ready for the show. Three, Did I do that two, wrong? <sighs> okay, let's try again. Let's try again. <laughs> All right. Oh, come on, I've got the giggles. Okay. I'm so tired. I'm so overtired. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. <laughs> 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 Professional broadcasters, right? Okay, I've stopped, I've stopped, I've stopped. Okay, okay. All right, three, two, one.